In the last episode, we talked about the period of Arsacid rule in Armenia under the kings Arshak II and Bob. In this episode, we will continue the discussion about the turbulent period of late 4th century that led to the division of the Armenian kingdom between Rome and Sassanid Persia. Upon the assassination of King Bob, the Roman troops grew their presence in Armenia in order to monitor the situation. Bob's nephew Varazdat, a renowned champion of the Olympic Games, had spent his youth in the Roman court receiving a Roman education. Emperor Valens saw him as a formidable candidate for the Armenian throne and sent him to claim the Armenian kingship. In 374, Prince Varazdat became the Roman client king of Armenia. However, he was not destined to have a smooth rule. The Armenian armed forces were still under the command of Mushek Mamikonian, who enjoyed the universal praise of the population and tried to safeguard the country against the Sassanid threat by keeping close relations with Rome. Varazdat, on the other hand, saw this as a Mushek's attempt to bring Armenia under complete Roman control. Also, he kept suspecting Mushek as a conspirator in Pop's murder, since Pop was anti-Roman. That is why, in 376, Varazdat plotted and executed Mushek Mamikonian, and as disrespect to the Mamikonian family, took their traditional post of the commander of the army from them and appointed his old guardian, Patsa Haruni, as the new commander of the army. At this time, another Mamikonian, Manuel, arrived to Armenia from Persia. As a youth, he had been taken as prisoner to Sassanid court and had grown up there to become one of Shah Pusekin's trusted commanders and one of the leaders of the Persian army in the war against the nomad Kushan tribes. The historical account of Pastos Puzan states that Manuel had vanished from the Persian court due to the losses suffered by the Persian army against the nomads, and that is why he returned to Armenia. Later analysis by Armenian historians such as Manandian and Leo came to the conclusions that Manuel was sent to Armenia by Shapu to eliminate the Roman client king. Let's for a moment focus on the situation in Rome where Emperor Valens planned to strike eastward and weaken the Persian front, but unexpected chain of events in the center of Rome prevented him from doing so. By 377, rebellions broke out in southeastern parts of Rome, from Phoenicia to Palestine. In addition to that, Valens faced a massive Gothic rebellion in Balkans. He withdrew his eastern troops, including the troops that had accompanied Varazdat from Rome into Armenia earlier, and moved them westward in order to put down the Gothic rebellion. He died in 378 while fighting against the Goths in the Battle of Adrianople. Meanwhile, in Armenia, Manuel, as a most senior member of the Mamikonian clan, assumed the leadership of the estates, amassed an army in addition to the Persian contingent that had accompanied him to Armenia, and declared an open revolt against Varazdat in order to avenge the death of Mushek and depose the king. In 378, Manuel's forces defeated the king's army, killed the commander Patsa Haruni, and banished Varazdat to Rome, where he spent the rest of his life in exile. Meanwhile, Manuel went ahead and declared Pap's infant sons Arshak and Vagarsh as the legitimate heirs to the throne and appointed himself as the guardian of the infant princess. Until his death in 385 or 386, 
Manuel effectively ruled over Armenia as its regent. During the period of his regency, Manuel warmed up to Rome and turned his back against the Persians. Manuel got rid of the Persian force that was stationed in Armenia, and according to the known passage preserved by Pastos Buzand, in his deathbed, left Armenia and its underage princes under the patronage of the Roman Emperor. Some later analysts have branded this move as treacherous that Manuel surrendered Armenia to Rome. But the contrary is likely to be true, that he had the noblest intentions to preserve Armenia from Persian invasion. In 386, Bagars died, and Arshak became the sole ruler on the throne as Arshak III. Now we shift our attention to the situation on the Persian-Armenian border at the time. After Shapu II's death in 379, his brother Artashir II became Shah and he was very interested in solving the issue in Armenia. He started series of negotiations with Valens' successor Theodosius I, but died soon after. His plans were completed by his nephew Shapu III, who was Shapu II's son. Despite the favorable circumstances in external politics, he had problems of his own. After Shapu II's death, Persian aristocracy was constantly challenging Artashir II and Shapu III over the throne. Even though Armenia was almost abandoned by the Romans, Shapu could not afford to annex Armenia entirely. In Armenia, Arshak's favoritism of very close ties with Romans and his promotion of heretical Christian-Aryan teachings alienated the support of the nobles and the population, leading the country to a situation where the Armenian ruling elite asked the Sassanids to aid them and send them a new king. Shapu sent Khosrov IV to rule as king of Armenia. The Romans were not going to be happy with this situation, however, they had their own problems and would not be able to intervene to support Arshak against Khosrov. Arshak had moved to the western part of the Armenian kingdom by the Roman border. In order to solve the complicated Armenian issue, sometime between 384 and 387, Shapu III and Theodosius signed a treaty of Asilasin, or Arazani, according to which Armenia was divided in two. The smaller western portion became a royal client kingdom under Arshak III's kingship and the eastern portion a Persian client kingdom under the kingship of Khosrov IV. This treaty marked the beginning of three decades of friendly relations between Rome and Persia. A year later, Arshak died without leaving an heir and western Armenia was incorporated into Rome as a province. Another interesting thing that happened at the time is that the Armenian Apostolic Church once again was led by a descendant of St. Gregory the Illuminator. As we mentioned in the previous episode, King Pop assassinated Catholicos Nerses the Great and took the position of the Catholicos from St. Gregory's family. In 387, after Armenia's division and re-establishment of Persian hegemony over the eastern half of Armenia, Nerses's son, Sahak Parthev was elected as the Catholicos of the Armenians. This might have taken place because, as we have mentioned before, St. Gregory's family was Parthian in origin and related to the Persian nobility, so naturally Persians would have been tolerant of him as the new Catholicos. Sahak Parthev played a major role in the course of the 5th century and will be discussed in more detail in the next episode. 
In the eastern part of Armenia, which still included almost the entire territory of the Greater Armenian Kingdom, Arsacids still ruled as kings. Meanwhile in Persia, after Shah III's death, his son Bahram IV had become Shah. In Persian accounts, Bahram is described as a weak ruler who was not able to hold on to the empire that his grandfather had maintained. Many of the vassal states broke away or openly revolted. Such is also the case with Armenia. However, there are two different versions of the story. According to one version, Khosrov IV, seeing that Bahram was weak, asked the Romans for support in order to clean Armenia from Persian forces. But the Romans did not want to get in a confrontation with the Persians, so they secretly informed Bahram about Khosrov's plot and enraged Bahram imprisoned Khosrov and installed Khosrov's brother Varam Shapu on the Armenian throne. According to the second version, Emperor Theodosius I agreed to help Khosrov and Armenia was briefly united again with Khosrov being the king of the united Armenia. However, Bahram was not going to let Armenia slip away like that, so he entered Armenia with his forces, took the rebellious king as prisoner to the capital Tisbon, and then installed Varam Shapu as king of the eastern part of Armenia. Whichever of this is true, the result is the same, that Khosrov got replaced and his brother Varam Shapu became the new Arsacid king of Armenia in 389. Varam Shapu will also play a huge role during the 5th century and will be a part of next episode's discussion. At the end, we cannot proceed without mentioning the division of the Roman Empire in 395. Because of its sheer size, Rome was very hard to administer by a single ruler. Since late 3rd century, multiple attempts were made to make the administration more efficient. A good example of this was the Tetrarchy by Diocletian. Since then, one or more rulers had been administering the eastern and western parts of the empire, which nonetheless remained in unity. After Theodosius's death in 395, the two succeeding emperors were crowned, albeit in two different empires. Roman Empire in the west and Byzantine Empire in the east. From this point on, Armenia dealt with Byzantine Empire only. If before, internal conflicts in the very west of Rome could deter Rome's attention from Persia and Armenia, now the situation was different. To conclude, the initial division of Armenia did not seem like a big deal for either Rome or Persia. The Treaty of Arazani was a compromise between Rome and Sassanid Persia, which brought them peace and allowed them both to deal with their internal issues. It did not affect Armenia much at the time either, because Ashrakuni dynasty was still holding a legitimate position. However, as we will see in upcoming episodes, this dividing line created a constant struggle for Armenians to maintain cultural and political unity. In the past, Armenia switched its support for either Rome or Persia and was thus able to survive between the two giants. After the division, however, it was not as easy to switch sides as it could have resulted in the weakening relations between the two halves of Armenia. In the next episode, we will talk about Armenia during the first half of the 5th century, known for the creation of the Armenian alphabet, the golden age of literary achievement, and the demise of the Arsacids.